welcome to another edition of the Green Beards Podcast. As always, that is AJ. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the Beards. And again, we have a brand new special guest for this week's episode. One, Jason Reed. The probably the biggest cam lover that I know. Reed, how are you doing, sir? Fine, man. I'm cool. Cool. Yeah, glad to have you. AJ, how are you doing, my brother? I'm doing very well, bro. Everything is coming together nicely, except for my team. But outside of that, in life, yeah, I'm good. Nice, nice. <laughs> no, we we will have lots of time to get to to these teams this week because, of course, you know this week was an active week in the NFL. We had a few teams that were out on buys and everybody else that was playing, well, we would like to say that all of them give them give their best shot, but sometimes that's not always the case. So this week, as we go off the rip, as usual, we are starting with the Blitz, which is where we recap the happenings of week six. Now, for those of you who did not see many games and do not know what happened in week six, let me give you a very quick rundown of what happened in the games. So we started the week with the Buccaneers and the Eagles playing at the Eagles and the Buccaneers won that game 28 to 22. The Jaguars beat the Dolphins 23-20 over in London, England. The Vikings beat the Panthers 34 to 28. The Ravens over the Chargers, 34-6. Rams beat the Giants, 38-11. The Colts over the Texans, 31-3. The Chiefs, 31-13 over the Washington football team. The Packers, 24, Bears, 14. The Bengals, 34, the Lions, 11. The Cardinals, 37 to the Browns, 14 points. Cowboys beat the Patriots, 35-29. The Broncos lost to the Raiders, 34-24. And then on Sunday Night Football, the Steelers down the Seahawks 23-20 in overtime. And the Titans, well, they stunned the Bills 34-31. So, Jason, as you are the guest here, we give you first crack at this. When you look at these games who and who played and how they went, who is your biggest winner for Week 6? Ah, well, I, I have two teams in that category. I would put the Jaguars in that category mm-hmm. and the Titans. I, I mean, it's the first win for the Jags, so one may say, well, I think they would be the biggest winners. But not for me because they didn't really have anything to, to gain from winning, just breaking the duck as far as they see it. So for me, the biggest winner would be the Titans. I think the Titans were facing a kind of 3-3 three and three record, and they were facing a tough team as well, a, re- a really good team that was playing very well. And to win against the Bills and to take your record to 4-2, and two, I think that, for me, is the biggest winner over the, the week that has passed. Nice. All right, AJ, who is your biggest winner this week? Um, my biggest winners for this week are the Vikings, actually. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. So... The Vikings, the win puts them at 500, right? And it kind of keeps them in like a wild card, running for a wild card spot. Because, I mean, we all expect that the Packers are going to win that division again. But the Vikings, and, and can we discuss this ad nauseum? This is a put up or shut up year 
for the most important figures on that team, right? Yes. The head coach, the, the quarterback, everything. So they can't afford, they can ill afford to be falling behind too far too early. And at this point in the NFC, only the, only the West looks like there's going to be like a runaway first and second. And, you know, like one team taking a wildcard spot. So everyone else is kind of in, in that race, you know, for, for another wildcard spot. So it keeps the Jaguars, not the Jaguars, it keeps the, the Vikings in the running still. And it was an important win. So for me, they are the biggest winners of this week uh, at this point. Nice. Now, my biggest winners for this week was actually the Tennessee Titans. I had the Tennessee Titans as the, the biggest winner. Yeah, yeah, Reed. I, yeah. Yeah, you agree. <laughs> we agree Wonderful. on this point, but we'll see how much we agree as the, as the episode goes. <laughs> now, the, the reason that I had the Titans as the biggest winner, now, we know that the Titans' defense has been much maligned. They have been mm-hmm. criticized every single week, and the only reason that they have not gotten that level of criticism is because they won the game but they did beat a quality opposition in the buffalo bills who everybody was looking at as being basically the team to beat in the afc the bills came into that game four and one having only lost the very first game of the season to the pittsburgh steelers and steamrolled teams in between including the kansas city chiefs no one thing that we always we always make mention of is that 18 wheeler truck of derrick henry because derrick henry apparently he has run the fastest of all players this season, hitting 21.78 miles per hour when he scampered over 70 yards for that first touchdown. This was also a big game for him. He had 20 rushes, 143 yards, and three touchdowns. And he typically struggles against the Bills, but he got it going early and he was able to keep it going the entire game. The only other team that I had mentioned here as my biggest winner was the Baltimore Ravens. Because the Ravens absolutely shellacked the Chargers. And that was one of the games that I had made mention of last week when I was saying the games that I was looking forward to. Because we know what the Ravens are and the Chargers have been looking very good. They've been playing very well and they're leading the AFC West. This was a game that the Ravens really did need to win. And then to have such a dominant defensive performance against a good offensive team in the Chargers that definitely deserve some extra but, credit. But, but, but that, would, that didn't change the stars for the Ravens in any way to me. I mean, Ravens is seen as a, a dominant team. I mean, yes, the Chargers would have been, they're a good team, but that win didn't do anything for the, for the Ravens in my, in my estimation. It didn't add to their accolades or add to their, I mean, their season, but they're probably, they're, they're I mean, a dominant team. The, uh, the reason why I would slightly, just only slightly disagree with you, and not necessarily disagree, but from another mm. standpoint, I think the manner of the win is more important than the win itself. Okay. Yes, fair enough. For for the which is so which is why I can understand where Ken is coming from. It's more about the matter is how they did it because while you are right, Reed, that's what they have been in the past. This season has been has been a seesaw for the Ravens. So to win in that manner is kind of like all right, is it's kind of like a, a a little boost for them. So I, I get enough. where Ken's coming from here. Yeah. And not just that, but don't forget that the Ravens have been kind of like the heart, heart attack kids this entire season. Almost yeah. every game they've played has gone to overtime no, no, and it's been down to the wire. wire. Yeah. They, they beat the bricks off of the charges going and coming in every phase of the game. So from yeah. that perspective, 
They have to give them. You have to give them the flowers, man. They earned it. No, I have to be talking with the biggest winner. Then, of course, the next one is the biggest loser. So, Reed, who is your biggest loser for week six? Well, I have uh, two teams I have in that category. Just say the one you want to see. Just say the one you want to see. I have to tell you the two teams I have first. (laughs) I have Dolphins and I have Seahawks. Okay. Okay. But, but. I, I, I trend towards the Seahawks because to me, the Seahawks had an opportunity to beat a decent team with a backup quarterback, playing with their backup quarterback. Any game that you can win with a backup quarterback at this stage is a big plus for that team. It mm-hmm. keeps you in the hunt, you know what I mean? In case Russell comes back sometime soon. So, and I think they had a good opportunity to beat the Steelers. And to lose that game for me, I put them in the category as, as biggest losers. Gotcha. Interesting. I, I didn't have them pegged at that point, but AJ, who do you have as your biggest loser? That was nice, Reed. And and the reason why I was pressing you before you got into it is because I was, I could have sworn you were going to mention the Pats, right? But I'm pretty oh. sure we'll get into that still. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we get into that still. But oddly enough, my pick is actually the Dolphins. My pick is the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Firstly, firstly, let me, let me put it this way. You can't be the team to make the Jags lose, to, to help the Jags end their, that losing streak. Not you. <laughs> whoever the team was, whoever the team was that, that, that allowed the Jags to, to get off of that streak was going to come under a bit of fire. And it can't be the Dolphins first. Like, the Dolphins aren't in a situation where they could be losing these kinds of games. No, granted, I understand. This is a Sunday game. They had to travel to London. So, you know, that, that does factor into everything. I, I understand that completely. But you need to get it done. This is a team that can't win games. You need to get it done. And and Tua just came back off an of injury. They, they 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 inserted Tua into the game. Mind you, Tua's. I I didn't watch the, the this entire game from start to finish. But he looking at his, that, I, I was just about to say, looking at his numbers, his numbers look like he actually had an impressive game, right? I but you can't you can't lose this game. They're not one and five. The only victory is against us in week one. And this is a team that's supposed to be trying to make a playoff push after last year, just barely missing out. So they're my biggest losers for this week. Okay. So I, the funny thing is that I actually don't have either of those two teams as, as my um, biggest loser. My biggest loser is the Cleveland Browns. How are you the Cleveland Browns? And yes, you are playing against a good squad in the Arizona Cardinals, who are still undefeated, by the way. But you are playing against the Arizona Cardinals. You do not have Nick Chubb coming into the game. And then on top of that, during the game, you then lose Kareem Hunt as well. Not to mention the fact that Baker Mayfield did not look good in this game. I have been on the record with my trepidation where Baker is concerned. Mm-hmm. And Baker was two touchdowns and one interception. And while he is struggling against the Arizona defense, the Arizona defense, the Arizona offense, sorry, is able to do as they like with this Cleveland defense, which is supposed to be one of the better, one of the best defensive lanes in the NFL. When you take all of that into consideration, the fact that Baker, again, he came into the game injured and he hurt his shoulder again. You have 
Hunt no out on injury reserve for the, at least the next three weeks with a calf injury. At least, thank God, it was not an Achilles. Chubb is on IR already. I don't see how things go up from here for the Browns. It is not just that they lost the game, but it's when you take everything in totality, the cumulativeness of losing both their starting running backs, and this is a team that loves to run the ball. You and Chubb is already ruled out for next week as well, for the Thursday night game. Yeah. And then your quarterback is ailing. Then you really don't put yourself in a good position going forward. Similar to yeah. the Seahawks, but... Yeah. but he's, he's, he's ailing and playing for his life because I, I, I think there are a lot of questions. Mark's still on Baker. I mean, as I, as I said to the guys, he's good at ads, but... I'm not sure how good he is on the field. And and they have a, a quarterback hunter. He brags about hunting quarterbacks and why he didn't hunt uh, Marie uh, on Sunday. But I wouldn't put them in that category because the Cardinals are the undefeated team right now in, in the league. And they are playing extremely well. So I, I thought they would lose the game regardless if they had all their people fit or not. They would have still lose the game. But again, again, I, again I, sorry. <laughs> Let me... Go ahead. I, I get where you're coming from because I think in one of the previous weeks, one of my biggest losers fell under kind of like the same scope with regards to like losing the game and then and then like losing players. I think it was the Colts in one of the weeks when Carson Wentz um, injured both them ankles. Yes, oh. I think yeah. So Reed, I had some, so I understand where Ken is coming from in this re- in that regard in terms of like yeah, because it's not it's not just the loss, but it's, it's a fact that all personnel all you keep yeah you keep personnel yeah. going down at this time when. And right now they they are three and three in their division, and we know how this division is. So um, I get where I get where. Yeah, that's a that's that. a fair, that's a fair point. Their losses yeah. are beyond the, the 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 L. Yeah, I got you. Correct, correct. And then the fact still remains that their defense got pushed all over the field to the tune of thirty-seven points. So when you take all that into consideration, that's a week after giving up 42, 47 to the Chargers. Yes. Wow. Exactly. They 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 have multiple problems right now. All right, so that was the biggest loser. So who know? And AJ, I'll give you first crack at this one. Mm-hmm. Who gets your, your tag for the moral victory this week? Um, You know what? Reed actually kind of touched on it a little bit, so I'm going to expand. But it's the LA Chargers. The reason is, right, they, they just had a bad day. Now, this is, this is the one game I was like, I wasn't even tuned into Red Zone. I was watching this game, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just a bad day. And they lost to, like we said, they, look, the Ravens are a very good team. They have started off inconsistently um, from the start of the season. Like, it's been up and down. But in all fairness, the Ravens are a really good team. They're a well-coached team. They have very good personnel. They have a very good quarterback. So they are a good team. Um, it just wasn't the Chargers' day. Justin Herbert, the, the connection he usually has with all, and can you know that? Because I know you had Mike Williams in your fantasy lineup. <laughs> so I know, I know, right? But every, everything was just off on the day. And I, I feel like these days happen, and especially to a team, like, it's, I feel like it's understandable to a team at this point. It's not like the Chargers are the reigning Super Bowl champions or AFC champs that, that we expect them to, to be to a particular standard. They started off the season really well. But today was just an off day, and it, 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 I don't feel like there's any shame in it happening to a very good team, right? No. Also, why I say there's a moral victory here is because this win comes right before their bye week. So they have the chance, they have an extra week now to look at the tape and see what they got wrong 
and assess that, you know, take some time to just mellow and then come back and hit the ground running like they did in the first um, in the first few weeks of the season. So, I, I, I mean, yes, it's a loss. And, and in all of this, they still lead the division. So their fate is still in their hands. So it, with all of this taken into consideration, I, I think that uh, they should have a moral victory this week because it's, it's not the end of the, of the season for the Chargers. Interesting. Okay. So, Reed, who was your moral victory this week? <sighs> I mean, I, I listened to AJ and I kind of thought I had to shift my, my pick because I was actually picking Jaguars. I mean, they won, and yeah, but I, I think for them getting that one win, all the pressure, all the heat is on them. So I think this win gives them much more than the average team to win that one game. New coach, new quarterback, everything, all the pressure is on. So to win this that, that game against the Dolphins, I mean, and they should have really lost the game. But to win the game the, the way they won the game, I still can't believe he got a timeout at that point in time. I just I, I can't figure it out. It don't, it don't make sense to me. It doesn't, I can't see it. So I give them that even that moral victory as well, that they can probably gain some momentum, gain some confidence from that. And that, that's my pick. Well, I mean, you and I agree again. I, this... For those who do not know <laughs> how conversations go with me and Reed, right? We do not agree. We do not it's agree true. like this. We usually have very heated conversations. But Reed, I agree. I agree with you with the with the Jaguars being the moral victor. No, I remember I saw it somewhere. I don't remember where right now. But it said that basically the NFL kind of gaslit a whole entire country with the Jaguars, but sending the Jaguars over to London every year to play one of these games. Because the Jaguars would seem, it seems like if they would go over there and they'll put up a decent performance against whoever they're playing. So the folks in London thought that the Jaguars were actually a decent team. We knew otherwise because we see them every week. But they see them at in their home game in London, and it seems like if the Jaguars are fantastic. Now, the bigger issue for me when I look at the Jaguars and why I think that they should be feeling really, really good about this win, the last time that the Jaguars won a game was week one of last season. The Jaguars have lost an entire season's worth of games in a row. Be it the 16 yeah. games that we had last yeah. season or the 17 <laughs> games this season, they have lost yeah. more than that. But Urban Meyer, who can't keep himself out of the, the headlines for the wrong reasons, Trevor Lawrence, who I personally, this is Ken's personal belief, he's a good quarterback, he is too pretty. He needs to get some fish here so that he looks more rugged and stronger as a as a quarterback. That is my personal belief. I said this before he was drafted from Clemson. I said he was too pretty at Clemson and he's still pretty now. But the pretty boy got a win. And that's good for him. And that's good for Urban. It's good for the entire Jacksonville Jaguars organization. I know Shad Khan is probably easing his finger back off of that eject button for Urban. But I'm still pretty sure it's going to get pressed before the end of the season because Urban can't keep himself out of trouble. So that's why he gets. He's not too pretty, Ken. Man, don't do that to the guy, man. I I mean, he he's adjusting. adjusting, He's adjusting to the league and the speed of the league, and I think he would have a better season next year. But as you mentioned, 
I think spirit a thought for the fact that England had two good games. It is true. Two very, very true, good games. True. You know? That's true. So that was that was true. a plus, I guess, for the overseas market there. Yeah, but I mean, my 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 concern about Trevor being pretty has nothing to do with his football prowess. It's just I mean, this man had ads showing his long flowing golden locks and his so perfectly shaped No, but, but I, was, I was just trying to get that same long flowing locks. Now. And I look Paul, Paul Amalu, a, a, a legend, a Hall of Famer in this game in commercials uh, yeah, about, about his hair. But Paul exactly. blowing him in, in the wind and all sort of thing. But Paul Amalu was out there lighting people up every week. So you're, saying, so you're saying that because he's a rookie? I'm saying that Trevor Lawrence, he needs to get so he needs to get some some ruggedness on his face. No man, he don't need no facial hair, facial hair what? <laughs> Justin Herbert just, don't have any facial hair, can he? he yeah, actually he does. He, as, he got as straight as, as he got some fuzz, no? He got some yeah, fuzz. He got, he got a little peach fuzz below there. Yeah, he got a little, yeah. he got a little thing again on him. The thing is, I prefer Justin Herbert with the long hair than with the short hair. Could be short hair, he looked like a quiet boy. But again, that's that's just me. That is <laughs> that's just the way I'm Anyhow, okay, so we've talked about the moral victor. So when on the other side of that, you know, who did who this week had your least inspiring victory? Go ahead. I want to start it. here. Be, I want to start because I'm going to pick up right where we left off. My, the, first of all, so you guys, for some of the other questions, mentioned two names. This is where I'm going to mention a couple of names, and I don't want. I'm not going to go into too much depth in both. But I feel like the right answer for this is the Jags. The least inspiring way. I feel like the right answer is the Jags. Because yes, they did win the game. And while I am happy, I am, I'm happy for Trevor Lawrence. At the end of the day, your coach is still Urban Meyer. And as you said, Ken, he can't stay out of controversy. Something else is going to happen with Urban Meyer before the end of this season. And, and, and it's going to be in the news. Like, it's something non-football related. I, 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 I'll count on it. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm not inspired by this win. It was, it looks good on the face of it, but nothing's going to happen. There's still an organization that is very far behind the others. But my actual answer here is the Colts. And the reason is I, I'm, I'm not beating the Texans. At the end of the day, a dub is a dub. They should still feel good about their win. But beating the Texans, like the Texans are no kind of litmus test whatsoever. Like you can't judge what team you are by beating the Texans at this point in the season, right? Agree. Mm -hmm. So, right. So beating the Texans 31 to three doesn't say like, again, they should feel good about the win, but it doesn't say, well, all right, we, we know that we're exceptionally good at this or that. You can't, you can't go back and analyze yourself to me off tape by beating the Texans. As coaches would see it differently as they should, but for me, it, it's, it's a win, but it, it doesn't inspire me that the Colts have found any sort of identity by this kind of blowout win. Okay, interesting. All right, Reed, who do you have as your uh, least inspiring win? Well, you know, I have contenders. I have three contenders. <laughs> I have the Jags and the Dolphins, just like AJ. I have the Cowboys and the Patriots, to be honest. And I have the Steelers and the Seahawks. Because I, I, I believe that the, the Steelers supposed to beat the brakes off the Seahawks team. I mean, don't let it be that close. You have all of your chips in order. You don't have a backup QB and so on. You should not let it get that close. And the Cowboys, see, I, I think the Cowboys should have dismantled the Patriots. The Patriots should never be in with a shout 
against the Cowboys. The Cowboys are always seen as contenders for Super Bowl, Super Bowl title. And this Patriots team is just a set of junk. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they spent a lot of money, so they have a lot behind them in terms of the money. But there's no way that game should have been that close. And the Jags-Dolphins, uh, that was just an ugly victory. So I would, but for me, I would put it to the Steelers. The Steelers. Because the Steelers are really underwhelming in terms of this season. I think Ben really looks his age. He's given some sparks here and there, but I really think they need to get somebody else on the center. If they want to really contend for Super Bowl this season, a good QB on the center. I, I still have faith in, in, in Haskins, even though people are saying, you know, I haven't seen enough preseason. There's nothing to go by. But I think that that may be a better step than even Ben right now. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you're still plugging Haskins. When right. We have not seen, as you said, we've not seen Haskins be good yet in his career in the regular season. Mm-hmm. However given the opportunity to perform in Pittsburgh. Right now, I think Haskins is not even the backup. I think he's third string for them. Where Mason Rudolph is their backup. Well, Who knows what um, Haskins well, may be to able be to be fair, do. he just got there. You know? Mason was there for a season or two now. So he won't, he won't go in there and automatically be number two. But, I mean, at least Tomlin gave him a chance to be in the team. So, yeah. And we know that Mason Rudolph is not the answer. So why not, so, why not get Haskins I could start in? a fight, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he could start a fight. And then when he gets it, then remembers, you know, that he is of the complexion that he usually get protection. But um, I'll, I'll just move on to my least inspiring win. Yeah, let me ask you a question, Ken. Is your, sure. is your, is your answer for this the Patriots as well? No. Okay. Neither, neither of you called, called the team that I had here for my Excellent. Discovery. So before you get into it, I don't mean to tell you, but may I just sure. respond to Reed since we're on Go this ahead. platform? Reed. Go ahead, I, sir. I, 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 you, mentioned, you mentioned my Patriots, right? Let me, let me get into this just a little bit. Because I, I, I feel like what happened this weekend is the same thing that I've been telling you for the last week or so. Uh-huh. The reason why the game was close is because of our defense. Our defense is, is actually really good, generally. But the offense doesn't do enough to facilitate a, a strong defense. So the defense is, is on the field making stops, and the offense can't put up points. And then Who's what fault? happens is... Who, Whose fault is that? You, you ask, yeah, you study the wrong things. That's what we're talking about <laughs> no, here. No, I, no I, I think that your offense has the opportunity to do it, but you are very conservative for some reason. Only when you get in situations, you release Matt Jones and he throws big throws and so on. But why, why are you so conservative? But Mac is good at what he does. He could, he's, he's very accurate. He could, he could bring the team down the field. But like I told you, we don't have playmakers on offense. We have, we have players in the position. So we have, a, we have a couple tight ends. We have a couple receivers. But none of these guys are, are known playmakers like Kendrick Bourne and Aguilora. Man, them playmakers, they, you could drop a ball in them man's hands, they will make a catch every now and then, except for Aguilar. But <laughs> you waste good they, money this offseason, boy. And I told you so, we did on offense. But again, again, the defense is, and, and then what I saw at the end of the game, the defense got gassed because they, they were on the field too much. No, and, and, and yeah, and, and the, it's not like the Cowboys' offense is bad. You know, in the, in the previous three games for weeks, three, four, and five, the Cowboys actually scored the second most points behind the Bills in that span. 
So it's not like the Cowboys offense is really bad. So I, you, you can't ask the defense to do every single thing. And that's, that's what I've been trying to tell you. The defense is, is, is usually doing their job. Okay. The offense isn't. And then the men just got gassed at the end. So I wasn't even upset that we lost the game. I was upset that the, uh, that we were throwing balls for Nelson Aguilar and crunch time. But anyhow, go ahead, Ken. That's a... <laughs> so now that we've had a little bit of a therapy session, my um <laughs> my pick this week for the least inspiring win, and I guess I'm the only one that thought about it this week, this week at mm-hmm. least, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I had them too. I, I agree. The I Tampa Bay it. Buccaneers. Won their game against the Philadelphia Eagles 28 to 22. I agree. But AJ, you know what we you and I we have constantly been saying about the Philadelphia Eagles mm-hmm. that their quarterback is not good. Yeah. But the yeah. Eagles were still within six points of the Buccaneers. Now listen to a couple of these stats, right? The Buccaneers had 399 total yards to 213 from the Philadelphia Eagles. They were almost literally two to one in time to time of possession. It was like 39 minutes and change to 21 and a little bit. So it was almost a completely dominant performance for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, except for the score. How is it that this game is still so close that we, we coming down into the fourth quarter and it's still somewhat in doubt? Like if we actually got some credible quarterback play and some decent performances from the offense of the Philadelphia Eagles that they actually had an opportunity to win this game. But you're supposed to be the defending champs. And we talked all off-season about how oh, they brought everybody back. And of course. As soon as the season starts, men get start men start getting hurt. Richard Sherman went down in that game. He just got there. And he's no over three weeks with a hamstring injury. Their secondary is in tatters. Their defense is not good. We keep saying, we keep hearing that their run defense is supposedly stout, but their pass defense is not good. But one thing that they have been able to do in most of their games is that they've been able to get up on people quick. They've been able to get points on the board very early on. Tom is going for 150, 200 yards in the first half. But then he's finishing with like 300. So what happens in the entire second half? So when you when you take all of this into consideration and the fact that because they're putting scoreboard pressure on people, they can't run the ball because they have to get quick points. They can't allow the clock to just be going all the time every time they get stopped. So they have to throw. The run defense is going to look good because they're not running the ball. But your pass defense is getting gashed because they have to throw the ball. I'm not a fan of the Buccaneers. That is well documented. I am not a fan of Tom Brady either. That also is well documented. It's true. But if I was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers... There are lots of things that will be coming out of that tape from this week that will cause me to be nervous. I would be concerned and tell myself there are things that we need to fix heading into next week. Yeah, I, I actually had them. I, go ahead, Jay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead because I'm going contrary to your point. So oh, I want you. I to- actually had that team that that game as well as one. I I just felt that 
it was a, a real ugly win mm-hmm. and for, 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 the, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I guess that's part of a championship team to win even when it's ugly. But uh, I, the Eagles are so... I don't know how to put the Eagles, but the Eagles had them so good. And, and the Eagles were just running all the time. But I don't know what's happening with Tampa Bay. I'm not sure if the age is catching up with all the players. I think... I don't know. But for me, I agree. It was, a, it was not a convincing win. But we will see when we begin to talk, as you said, about the, the AFC and these different... And whatever the case may be going down the line. But I really hope that Tampa Bay implodes. That's my whole humble. Uh, I, I I desire that, especially for Jay, who's a, a a Tom Brady fan and believe that he won a chip last season, even though he's a Patriots fan. So these Patriots fans, I want Tom Brady to implode. You and me boy, right. I, I can't wait to kick them out of the NFC South. Can't wait. Anyhow, AJ, you go ahead. Okay, okay. I understand all of your points. I take all of them uh, into consideration and. Ken, when you when you give that breakdown in terms of the stats, I, I completely get it. Read the, uh, you are well documented, Tom Brady hater. I know Ken. Ken obviously does not like the Bucks because they're in his division. Me and him, we are we were at at, at war last year when, when we were discussing that. But I digress. The reason why I will give okay, so let me let me go back, give a little perspective on this, right? So I had to write an article. Uh, is for a little sports betting app. Something I do on the side, right? And I actually picked the under for this game because it's a midweek game, because it's a Thursday night game. Short week, and I told myself, you know what? I don't think that either of these teams are going to put up points. I, I don't trust the Eagles offense that much, and, and this Bucks team going into a short week, I didn't expect that. And, and that's exactly what happened because the over-under was 52 and a half, I believe. And they scored a total of is 50 points. It's 28, 22. Right. So I'm just saying, I, I kind of expected a low score. And I'm not surprised either that the game was this close. It was because to me, the short week factors in. The short week does factor in to that. Now, now granted, again, uh, I'm not trying to make excuses. You are correct. There are things that they will need to look at and, and, you know, look at the tape and say, yeah, we need to fix this and fix that. But I... The reason why I, I, it, it wouldn't be my least inspiring, inspiring win is because it was a short week. They, okay, both, teams, both teams had to travel. At the end of the day, they did grind out the win. They were on the road because the, the Eagles were in Carolina the week before. Um, Tom and the boys were at home, and then they had to travel to Philly. So all of those things kind of factor in, and let's be honest. And, and, and as, you, as you noted, Ken, they started off hot and then they kind of tailed off in the second half. To me, that's fatigue. Okay. To me, that's fatigue. And if you if you were like looking at the game, it just seemed like men can hold on to the ball. I'm pretty sure you all saw that. You all saw mm-hmm. that. Some uh, even uh, admittedly, it seems like one or two of Tom's throws were was slightly off as well. To me, that's just fatigue, and that's because it was a short week, which is why I don't I don't read too much into it. I I, I feel like they just had to win the game, and they did. That's that's my reason for. What happened there? Which is why I, I, it's so kind of harsh. To me, it's kind of harsh, but y'all have an agenda, right? So I can, <laughs> <laughs> I can leave y'all to that. I can leave y'all to that. But for me, there's no agenda. I, I, I have been open with my disdain for all the teams in my division. And I have been on the record that I have not, I have never, not once been a Tom Brady acolyte 
awesome. And like I just yeah. said, I cannot wait. I honestly cannot wait for the Patriots to be good again. So all of y'all freeloaders will get out of my division. Good again? Regardless of whether or not we could be good, as long as Tom Brady's in the league, I'm going to support him where he goes. Mind you, I'm still a Pats fan. Let me put that out there. Pats is still number one. But as long as Tom Brady's in the league, I will wish him success. That's just the bottom line. All right. So that brings us to the end of Off the Rip this week. And now we're bringing back another um, segment that we've done in the past. That's what he said. Now, for that's what he said this week, we are looking at one Mr. Colin Kaepernick. Now, Kaepernick, for those who are paying attention, Kaepernick is 33 years old. And Kaepernick is still looking for a comeback in the NFL. Colin Kaepernick is refusing to give up on his dream of returning to the NFL and leading another team to the Super Bowl. In a new interview with Ebony Magazine, the former San Francisco 49ers quarterback and activist said he still practices daily in case a professional football team calls. I'm still up at 5 a.m. training five, six days a week, making sure I'm prepared to take a team to a Super Bowl again. Kaepernick told the publication, that's not something I will ever let go of, regardless of the actions of 32 teams and their partners to deny me employment. The same way I was persistent in high school is the same way I'm going to be persistent here. So read that's what he said. Kaepernick is deluded, Ken. He is very deluded. He, he, he's living in a fantasy world. No, nobody thinks about Kaepernick. The league has moved on. Look at it, Ken. There's so many young QBs out there. So many other people who probably can't even get a job. Look, my guy is still on the sideline. He doesn't have half the baggage that Kaepernick has. And he's still on the sideline. Kaepernick is done. He is speaking that way to give life to his crusade. He has to appear as if he still wants it. So that he can appear as being blackballed and all of these things and give motivation to his movement. He does not want to play in the, in the NFL. I, I, I refer back to when they gave him the opportunity to you know, showcase his skills. And within he, he moved destination quickly uh, with a short notice within an hour. From one area to the next, you had about 25 teams present at that time to see you. You move and you only got three or four teams to come and follow you where you went to. And then you were saying the, the owners are scared in your interview after and all kind of things you were saying. He does not want to play in the NFL. He is happy where he is at this point in time. I doubt it very much, Ken. Hmm. AJ, what, what are your thoughts? Has to be a cool day in hell, though, because I agree with Reed. <laughs> I really agree with Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't, and, and I, I think, first of all, Ka Colin Kaepernick is saying what he, he should be saying to the media. You know, that he, he still wants to play. Because obviously, like as, as Reed already alluded to, he was, he was blackballed. We, we all know that, even though it was improved. We, we, we know, we know. Even if it's two teams that came to that decision, we know. Something happened to keep yeah. him out of, of that league, right? But it was before he would have liked to, like, he didn't leave the league on his terms. 
So he's saying what he has to say. And, and to go back to what Reed said as well, when he had that tryout, and, and you didn't even mention this, Reed, but I'll bring it up. The man wore a Kunta Kinte shirt, she shirt, to go to the... you telling me in, in, in an organization that is a closed, a closed organization, where there are a limited number of, of owners in it, like this is a... They can decide, they decide whether they want to hire you or not. There's, there's no outside, there's not the fans that voted in like, like this is the voice or something like that. The man wore a Kunta Kinte shirt. You mean to tell me as a Nike artist, you can just put on a regular Nike shirt and go to the people thing? Yep. And, and then you will come and tell me now that you still want to play? Absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. I, I, even, even if I had a modicum of, of, of hope and, 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 uh, and respect for, for Kaepernick up to that point, and, and, you know, just hoping that he could get back in. After he did pull that stunt, I'm like, nah. Even the change in location thing, because they had, like, some some controversy surrounding that decision. Yeah, but recording the it, something to Correct, correct. The Kunta Kinte thing, we can't want to get back into these people league and doing that. No, I ain't buying it. I'm not buying it. So, here is where I disagree with both of you. And I take your point on the shirt that he decided to wear. But... In light of everything that has been happening recently where the NFL is concerned, the timing of this for Kaepernick is very well... I, or let's put it this way. He could not have planned for Gruden to get caught up in an email scandal. Nobody could. However, you strike when the opportunity is there. You strike when the iron is hot. No... We cannot sit here and definitively say that there are 32 better starting quarterbacks in the NFL than Colin Kaepernick. We definitely cannot say there's 64 better quarterbacks in the NFL than Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick is good enough to be on a roster. And with that workout, that workout was evidence that he still had the juices to be on a roster. That said, well, the movement, the moving of the workout from where it had initially been planned to be to the high school, that was a bit of a problem. The things, remember this also, the, the parameters that the NFL wanted to put on Kaepernick for this workout were things that lawyers were saying had never been done before they had never seen anything been put in writing like this for any players workout before or since so Kaepernick had more than enough reason to be weary of the NFL and everything else that they were putting here because one of the things was basically you can't sue us again if you have this workout and nobody hires you no I see a lot being made of how Kaepernick decided to take the whatever the settlement was that has not been disclosed. We may never know what that amount of money was. However, when he took that settlement, if he did not take the settlement and it went to court, we don't know what would have come out. No, AJ, you and I, Reed, you and I too, we've all had discussions about how difficult it would have been to prove collusion. Mm -hmm. But the fact that the NFL was willing to just write a check to try to make this go away shows that 
to use Caribbean products is more in this mortar than just the pestle. They had something there. When we start talking now about John Gruden and his emails and all of the emails and all of these issues and stuff that he was sending all over the place, and then Derek Carr came out and said, well, you know, if we can start releasing emails, we should release all the emails. You can imagine if they were to release all the emails and we were to just go through it and just take all of them, put them in this huge big database and just type in Kaepernick, calling, protest, kneeling. You can imagine the things that would come out. You can imagine the things that we would see. So... The NFL doesn't want that to happen. No, Kaepernick, he said he's keeping himself in shape, and I believe that he is. Because every time that we see him and he's throwing a football, he looks the part. He looks legitimate. But he's not going to get this opportunity. I personally don't believe that he should still be trying to get back into the league because he is a martyr for his cause. And him getting back into the league now at this point in time a lot of other people would look at him as a sellout, as if they aren't already looking at him as a sellout. So maybe at this point he should just he should just be cool and just relax and let the league continue. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's clear he was blackballed. I don't I don't doubt it. But for me, looking at the picture now, I can't see why a team would turn to him now. I think they're the I just can't see it. Even though he you, he may be better than this, but I, I don't see the it's more pain and profit is more problem than profit to go for capping it now you could get by with an average or a little better than average qb and still let golf took a team to to, to a super bowl golf is nowhere close to capping it but you can get by if you put things right with a with a golf without the baggage so i i, I don't see why i as a team why would go for a capping it at this thing Quinta Quinta t-shirt, that's all I have to say. <laughs> you can't you can't want a job with these people I'm wearing. Like just wear a Nike t-shirt. You're a Nike athlete, wear a Nike t-shirt. Uh, that was it for me. Nail in the coffin. Mm. He can't want that job. Yeah, but but, but even on a side day, can you mention um Derek Carr? You know, it's Derek Carr seems really hurt by the fact that Gruden is gone. And I think he was really close to the coach and he felt that, you know, that they could go places with the coach and so on. I don't know how he would respond totally to the rest of the season, but it's interesting. I mean, beyond the emails and so on, I mean, sometimes it's difficult looking back in a person's past and seeing what they did and then judging them in the present for it. I don't know if he made amends for what he did. I don't know. But he had a good thing going. And, and Carr felt that. Carr has never, I guess, looked as good as he's been looking and confident as he's been under somebody other than and Gordon right now. So I, I just feel a little thing for Carr, how he feels about it. That's that's, that's. Yeah, we we spent a lot of time talking about Gordon last week. Honestly. <laughs> we don't need to we don't need to get back into him. Again. No Gordon the car. I was just mentioning car, Derek yeah. Carr. Yeah, I, I I I get you. I mean, it, to me hearing the rhetoric coming from Carr was a little bit surprising, knowing that um, John Gruden for the first two seasons that he was there was openly auditioning to get another quarterback other than that's Greg a good Carr. point but good. he he seems to have come around and you know well, Carr will have to put on his big boy pants just like the rest of them so that is what Kaepernick uh -huh. said now we on to the fun stuff who do you trust and this week for who do you trust we are looking at three teams three three well I can't say three teams necessarily three situations <laughs> and trying to make a determination as to what we believe is going to happen going forward. Now, 
we made mention of the Kansas City Chiefs winning their game earlier this week. And the Kansas City Chiefs having won their game, they have now gotten themselves back to 500. They are 3-3 three and three on the season. This now comes into play with the loss that the Chargers just had, the bad loss that they did have against the Ravens, losing that game and only scoring six points. So, gentlemen, and Reed will give you first crack at this one too. Do you trust Kansas City Chiefs to come back and win this division? Ah, it's a good question. The division that they are in, I don't, I mean, I think it's winnable, to be honest, from the teams that are in that division. I do believe that they could actually, they could actually win it. The, the, you see, Chiefs, they haven't played well, but they are still in the hunt. They're still three and three. And the game, some games they lost were pretty close as well. So my thing is that if the Chiefs are having just, you know, trying to find their feet and they haven't played well thus far, but they can improve. And if they improve, I think that they stand a good chance of still winning their division. So I, I wouldn't, I cannot write off the Chiefs at this point in time. To be honest, I was, I was, I was looking at the the division there a while ago uh, in terms of the Chiefs division, and I, as I'm saying, it is a winnable division. Denver kind of cooling off a little bit. The Raiders aren't, you know, shouting as as loud all the time. The Chargers are the ones that are there that looks like they can win the division out of the, the four teams in the division. But the Chargers just got a real hard knock from the Ravens. It's going to be important how they rebound from that knock. So I think that since the Chiefs had a bad patch, if they can gain their footing now after that bad patch, the Chiefs can win this division. They're a good enough team to win all the rest of their games. I mean, they have some tough games coming up. And that's the challenge for the Chiefs right now. They have to play the Titans next, I believe. And mm -hmm. that, the Titans is coming in with a lot of confidence from beating a very dominant team. So for them they to get over the Titans is going to be important. If they get over the Titans, easy win they can get over the Giants. The Packers could be a bit tricky, but then there's the Raiders and the Cowboys. So this schedule, to me, I mean, is a little tricky, but it's winnable. But the Titans game, the next game, is going to be important for them. Gotcha. What about you, AJ? Do you trust Kansas City to come back and win this division? He re just walks so poetically just now. And um, <laughs> I almost want to agree with him. No, they were very good points, though. They were very good points. The the thing is, right? I am not convinced by Kansas City this, this season. Mm. And I think they still have more losses to come. Um, so Reed, you just mentioned the fact that they need to button up and you know get some things together and whatnot. Looking at their losses. Their losses, and I pointed this out, I can't recall, Ken, if it was last week or a week before, but I, 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 I did say that they were like the most, my most concerning win at that point. I think that's what we, yeah. Because the teams that they are losing to are teams that have good, um, they have good, good units on both sides of the ball. Like they, they're cohesive units on both sides of the football and they have dynamic quarterbacks, right? Mm. So they lost to, they lost to, to Josh Allen, they lost to Justin Herbert. They lost to Lamar Jackson. 
Now, there aren't many more of those dynamic quarterbacks that they have to face outside of Aaron Rodgers um, in week seven. Sorry, in week nine. Sorry, as a seven, but week nine. And then they have to play Dak two weeks later. Then they have to, uh, of, of course, another game against the Chargers. I don't know. I just, I feel like in those three games, they have at least two more losses. And I I don't know how many more games I, I, I feel like, this is the season I feel like the, the, this division could actually come down to the final weeks. Like, they're not going to run away with this division. So at this point, I genuinely cannot say that I trust them to win the division. I can't. I don't feel that way based on what I've seen. And this is it's not like they've been steamrolling good teams. They've lost to, to, to some good teams and they have scraped by some other good teams. The teams they have beat convincingly are the teams that aren't good. So at this point, I'm, I'm just not convinced. So I, I don't know how much faith I have. I'll have to see as the season progresses. But if you're asking me that, no, I, 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 um, after week six, I'm not convinced that they can win. So when I looked at this, as I may mention of the, the records there between them and the Chargers, now the Chargers are still leading the division at four and two. The Chiefs have three and three. We, their defense is much maligned and they have earned every single lash that they have they have received so far this season. Their defense is ranked 28th in the NFL. And right now, as good as their offensive players are, they are ranked 32nd in turnovers. There's nobody worse than them. Not even the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right now, we are seeing a lot of loose, slack football being played by the Kansas City Chiefs. No, I understood when people were making comments and looking at Patrick Mahomes when he threw the pass to Michael Hardman, I think that was in week three against the Browns, when it was a no-luck pass that hit Hardman in the hands that he wasn't ready for and popped up and it was an interception. We have not seen any more of those kind of um, flashy, flamboyant, Type throws from um, from Patrick since then. However, what we have seen is the ball hitting guys in the hands and being dropped and being picked off. He threw an interception that was Jimmy Garoppolo esque this week, just gone when he was in the grasp and rather than just taking the sack, he just threw the ball to nobody, to nowhere, and the ball was picked off. I said this last week, I think it was. If not last week, it was no more than two weeks ago. The margins are too small for the Kansas City Chiefs to be playing the way they are playing and expect that they're just going to walk in and win games. The mystique and the dominance that they had before is gone. People are coming up against them and they're thinking and expecting that they can actually compete against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And if you all right, so remember like when we like people talk about like boxing and stuff like that. One of the things that certain boxers had, like Mike Tyson, was the fact that you came into the ring knowing that if he landed a punch on you, you were done. You were done. So you came into the fight almost expecting to lose. And knowing that it was you were up against it from the beginning, but you know, as as these boxers get older, what's tend to happen though? You tend to lose a little bit of that punching power. So you go up against a man, and the man thinking, well, you know, 
I'm coming up against, am I coming up against you, the boss, or am I coming up against you, the reputation? And if I take that first punch from you and it doesn't floor me, well, hey, I know I'm in this fight. I have a chance now, and I'm going to give it my best shot. And that's what the Chiefs are facing now because they're no longer running people over, running roughshod over the entire league. What, they've, what teams have done to make the adjustment is that they have dropped their safeties back further. So Tyree Hill is no longer running free by himself down through the secondary and no, uh, he, you know, he gets next to the defender who is not turned sprinting already to run with him and then he could just run past him. Those, those opportunities are gone. And as I said last week, until the Kansas City Chiefs are able to deal with what's happening in their minds and get past the hubris that they have developed, where they think that they can, you know, they're going to continue to be this big strike offense and keep getting these explosive players down the field, and they're going to be able to be putting up these 14 and 21 point um, swings within four minutes of a half. Until they do that, they're, they're not going to be in a position then to say that they're going to take over a quality team like the Chargers. Yeah, yeah fair enough. But, but but look at it. All that is happening and they're still at 500. Right? I mean, it could have been worse. You know the NFL as well. Teams make adjustments. It's hard to dominate season after season after season, especially with the same players. And that's... Chiefs kind of have the same offensive weapons that they've had for the few years now. So teams made the adjustment. It's up to the coaching staff now at Chiefs to analyze where they've gone wrong this season and make an adjustment. If they can make an adjustment, because as you, you mentioned just now as well, Patrick played a bit desperate sometimes because there's a lot of pressure on you as the Chiefs. You're the Chiefs. You're supposed to be winning. You're supposed. In fact, he started the season. Didn't he say he want to go undefeated? Yes. So all of that has gone. No, the, the team arrogance. is... Right. So that, I know you are three and three. So... You're under a lot of pressure, so you're making plays that you have never made before because you think you have to force the issue. You have to force a win. You can't. The win is not coming naturally. So the coaching staff has to make the adjustment. Agree. All right, so that was the Chiefs. Now, the next team is one of the hottest teams in the NFL. They're, I think they're saying at 5-1. Correct me if I'm wrong. And that is... America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. That is where AJ now resides. So, Jamal, AJ, as you are the Dallas representative here, because that's that not necessarily for a team, but for a city, do you believe or do you trust Dallas to make a deep playoff run this season? Let me make sure my place lock up tight and nobody can hear me. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, Reed, as I, I have to be very careful what I say about the Cowboys in this area. But Ken, no, I don't. At this point, I, and it, I don't think it's disrespectful to the Cowboys, but I need to see it. I, I, you and I have had countless discussions where I've echoed this same sentiment. They'd have to prove me wrong. I need to see it to believe it. They've never, they haven't done it in, in, in my years as, as an avid fan of this sport. So why would I believe that? They, have, they didn't do it last year. And every single year is the same story over and over. And just today uh, is, um, is a safety where he is. Demonte Kazi is what? A safety? A starting mm -hmm. safety? Arrested. DWI. Yeah. 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 
every year is something with the Cowboys. I, I, listen, as much as, as, as people get on Stephen A., there's one thing he says about the Cowboys cor- that is correct. What can go wrong will go wrong. An accident so until, waited to happen. Then accident waited to happen. Then accident waited to happen. So until they prove otherwise, I know I'm not going to... I think I mentioned in, in a previous show as well, I, I, they, they may be able to win one game. Yeah, might be able to win a game. In the, but a deep run? Mm-hmm. What about you, Reid? Yeah, I, I, have, I have to agree with AJ. For, from the perspective, all right, the, the Cowboys are 5-on-1. I mean, the, the best win the Cowboys have for me is against the Chargers because of how the Chargers have been playing. But the Cowboys have beaten Eagles, Panthers, Giants, Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Those aren't wins that you gloat over and you celebrate. And I mean, you have a five and one record, but who you beat? Patriots? Come on. So, and, all so, the teams doesn't want to marry. You believe all the, all the teams doesn't want to marry Pete? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so when I look at the schedule going down for the Cowboys, Cowboys will have a very good record at the end of the season. No doubt of it. Because to me, I want to see them against the Chiefs, the Saints, and the Cardinals. Other games that they have are very winnable games. They will have a good, good record at the end of the season. But playing against dominant teams is where I suspect that the Cowboys will fall short. So I agree with AJ in terms of I can't see the deep run. If, I, if they perform well against the Chiefs and the Cardinals and even the Vikings, if they per, per, perform good against those teams, I may think twice that they can run deep. But right now, they haven't played anybody for me to say they can run deep. So, my I'll, I'll keep this succinct. I'll just go down through my notes that I have on the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are favorites for the NFC East. We, we all agree on that. Yeah, they, yeah. They're second right now in points for first in yards, fifth best passing offense, third ranked rushing offense. So, their offense is, is very, very good. The defense is not great. But it's not terrible either. Their run defense numbers look good, but similar to what I was saying about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when you put scoreboard pressure on your opponents, it then forces them to have to abandon the run early and they have to pass the ball. Of course, if you are ahead, then it also means that you have opportunities to continue running the football because they've not really been behind or far behind in any of these games so far. I believe that the Cowboys should make the divisional round of the playoffs. They're not going to be the first first seed in the NFC. So they're going to be playing on wildcard weekend. And by win, by virtue of winning their division, as you said, Reed, they should have a good record. They will be probably around the three, maybe the three or the four, depending on where how everything else shakes out in the other divisions. Mm-hmm. But I can't see them getting past the divisional round. And the only other thing I will add to what both of you have said is the coach. So they have Dan Quinn as their defensive coordinator, and Dan Quinn is the was the defensive coordinator that allowed his team to get beat from being up 28 to 3. The worst coach <laughs> that they have on their entire coaching staff is their head coach, Emmett McCarthy. Kellen Moore has been criticized in the past for having a relatively vanilla offense, but the offense right now is perking, so nobody is saying anything about that. Yeah, yeah. When you take 
when you take the coaches and then you put these coaches now under pressure and have to deal with the pressure of the playoffs and they're not coming up against any hop and drop teams, but they're dealing with teams that are credible, that are, you know, that are going to be stout and solid. I can easily see them losing. They could even lose in World Card Weekend, but I do not see them getting past the divisional round for sure. So then we agree then? Yep, we all agree. We do not trust Dallas to make a deep playoff run. I can say it because I'm still in Denver. You don't say anything, AJ, because we don't want everybody <laughs> in, in Dallas is, you know, in Texas has got that thing upon them and we don't want I'll, you to. I'll say that in the comfort of my own my own space, my own yes. living aboard and then, yeah. All right. So now, finally, the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals, as I may have mentioned before, they are 6-0 and and they are currently leading the West. They have been better than anybody, I'm sure even them, expected this season. No, gentlemen, do you trust the Cardinals to win the NFC West? Definitely. They, look look who the Cardinals uh, would have beaten again. They beat Tampa Bay, I think it is. They no no it's Tampa Bay. Let me let me double check. I know they beat good teams. They beat Rams. They beat the Vikings, the Titans, sorry, not the thing, the Titans. They beat the Titans, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Vikings. They've beaten good teams. So their record isn't against, they haven't even played Houston as yet. You know, and, and some of these jokey teams, uh, the Jag- <laughs> well, they, they play the Jaguars, but some of the jokey teams, they play pass yet. That's an easy way to get the Patriots. <laughs> that's, that's, that's easy. If I, they play them at all. And don't bring him back here. Don't bring him back They're not playing here. them. You know what I <laughs> mean? So... I am saying that I believe it would be interesting. The interesting game for them, for me, is against the Packers. I want to see that game because they're going to wipe the floor with the, the Texans next this this coming week. But I think I, I put them almost in the, in the Super Bowl, Ken. I mean, they're playing very well. I mean, it's a long season. Anything can happen. But I really think that Cardinals can make a Super Bowl push. Oh, wow. Okay. Heard it here first. Is it? What about you? Do you trust the cards to win the West? Interesting. I like the hot take, Reed. I like it. Um, <laughs> I, well, let me start off by saying I, I'm not as bold as our compatriot here, Reed. I don't, I'm not going to suggest what um, Super Bowl push because I haven't seen these guys make a deep playoff run yet. So again, as, we said, as I said with the Cowboys, I don't trust them until I see it happen. To win the division, I actually do. And the funny thing is my stance on that has changed because when, when you sent this run out to me yesterday, I was thinking, nah, you know what? The Rams are only a game behind. So it, it's still possible for them to take it. But you know what? The Cardinals are actually looking like a well-buttoned team. They have the second best point dif- differential in the entire league behind the Buffalo Bills. They are plus 85. They've scored 194 points. And given up 109, which are in, in both in both categories is better than the Rams, who are a game behind them. And they've already beat the Rams in LA. So then the Rams have to come to Arizona now to play. And from what I've seen in the last couple of weeks, if the offense can't, and it was in, was it in week five, I think it was? Um, when there was a week when, yes, week five, I guess the Niners, the offense couldn't get it going. And the defense stood up. 
and 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 basically basically helped out the offense. That game finished 17 to 10. It was their lowest scoring game of the season, but at the same time, the defense made sure that they gave up the least points up to, up to that point. And that's why you needed a team. Like not every week is going to be. You're not. You ain't going. You're not going to trample teams every single week. But I just think that this the entire unit, this entire football team is working very well. And at this point, the fact, and you remember, Ken, there was one week I, I, I think I had them as my biggest winners because of the win over the Rams. I think this, they, they made a statement with that win, and I can actually see them going on to win this division. All right. So we have two votes for Because both of you think that the, that the Cardinals are going to win the rest. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be the one against. I actually <clears throat> do not believe that or should I say, let me, put, let me phrase it properly. I don't trust them at this point. Week six just passed. Week seven is about to start. I do not trust the Cardinals right now to be at the top of the pile in the West at the end of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Yes, they will definitely be in the playoffs. That's for sure, because at the rate that they're going, they're probably going to be like 15 and 2, 14 and 3. They're going to have a fantastic record. They are playing extremely good football. Right now, I think they're the only team that is top 10 in both offense and defense in the league. But, you know, they got that one thing that they tend to even know everything for everybody all the time. That little pesky thing we call injuries. The Cardinals right now, compared to the majority of the other teams, especially in their division, they're the healthiest of the lot. They have not lost anybody really from their core offense or defense really so much that you can say that they have you know been already bitten by the injury bug and have gotten over it compare that to the Rams the Rams they lost their starting running back Cam Akers before the season even started Daryl Henderson he was he missed the game because he was hurt he's no working his way back you're you're looking at a first time quarterback in the division in um, Matthew Stafford being paired with a head coach that he's never played with in a system that is completely different to what he's had to do with any time in his career. So, and they're five and one. They're only going to get better. They're only going to get stronger. As he gets his rapport with his boy receivers, because right now he's been force feeding Cooper Cup, who's been doing wonders for him. Robert Woods, he has not really had that level of rapport with. We've seen things coming from Van Jefferson and the others. Tyler Higby, he has not really been as big a factor as I had anticipated in the offense so far. But the fact still remains, when you take it all into consideration, they should still, they should just be getting better. Whereas the Cardinals, at this point, yeah, it's great to be winning games and it's great to be looking good and, you know, steamrolling teams or letting your defense step up and green things out. But you don't want to hit your straight at the beginning of the season. You want to be improving every game until you get the, you know, to that stretch run, whereas like week 14, week 15, week 16, week 17, week 18, last four to five weeks of the regular season, where now you have everything firing, everything is good, and you're going into the playoffs with momentum, and then you take that momentum now for the next three to four weeks, depending on where you're, you're seated, into the Super Bowl. The Cardinals could be playing their best football too early. 
And when you look at the fact that the Rams are only going to get better as the season continues, that's why I am I am not sure that while the six and all is not smoking mirrors, it is legit because they have, as we said, they have beaten legitimate teams. We still got another 12 weeks of the season to go. And I I have more faith now in what I've seen from the Rams especially knowing that they've been battling adversity and trying to make sure that things keep going, than I am with the Cardinals, where everything right now seems to be just all roses. But if 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 they lose the next game against the Rams, they can still win the division. In, in that, it'd be one, it'd be one, one each. Mm-hmm. And, if, and, and they can still win the division by losing to the Rams. So I think that's what I'm saying. They stand a better chance to win it than losing it. I, I still I also feel that half of the Super Bowl will come from this division. Whether it's the it's going to be the Rams or the Cardinals, one of these teams to me should make the Super Bowl run. Uh, I, I I can't disagree. I can't disagree with that at this point because the only other team that I've been looking to pencil into the Super Bowl is currently sitting third in the NFC West. Sorry, NFC South. And that's my sense. So, outside of that, then, I mean, we can, we, only time will tell them, the Cardinals are playing great, the Rams are playing pretty good, we still have a long season to go. Your Saints and, and Jay's Patriots got to me this similar problem. Y'all are too conservative, y'all QB. Let the QBs rip. Well, I have been on record here multiple times and, and criticizing Sean Payton for keeping the handcuffs on James because I believe we should let him we should let him off the leash a little bit more. I, I, I understand what you're saying, Reed, and I, I don't necessarily disagree, but in our case, I feel like part of the reason that is because Mac is a rookie. I think if if Mac had more if Mac had more NFL games under his belt, then he would have been allowed to do a bit more. I, mm-hmm. in, I, I can understand in Jameis' case, like y'all making that case for Jameis, because we, we have enough tape on Jameis to know what Jameis can do, right? But it's Mac's first year, which is why I'm, I'm not too upset because I feel like Bill is trying to manage him and he's managing games, but we just haven't found a balance. But that's another discussion for another day. Yeah, we will definitely we will definitely <laughs> come back to that it's because I'm sure the Saints will give us lots of stuff to talk about. And I know even though AJ is telling me not to bring back Reed, we will, we will think about uh, if he <laughs> if he comes back again, <laughs> so that we can we can have some more um, flavorful discussions on some of these topics. All right, gents. Now before we get out of here this week. We always like to look ahead to week to the coming week and make our picks for the games that we want to pay closest attention to. Now, this week, the buys are for the Bills, the Jaguars, the Chargers, the Vikings, and the Steelers. So, Reed, we'll give you first crack. Which are your games that you are checking this week? Dallas, too. Oh, yes, that is correct. Somehow we missed them in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of boring games on 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 for this week, from what I see. <laughs> <laughs> the Chiefs and the te- and and Titans are a good game. That, that that's a good game. That's probably the best out of the lot. I think 
where the Colts and the 49ers could, could possibly be something to watch. And lost the Rams and, and Lions only because of the golf factor is something to just look at the beginning of and probably the ending to see if there's going to be shaking hands <laughs> or whatever. But apart from that, there, as I said, a lot of boring games, New England and New York, that's, that's a junk game. So just the City and Titans, that is the pick of the litter there for me. Okay. What about you, AJ? Which games are you paying closest attention to? Um, well, of course, I feel like in not so not so many harsh words, I, I, I understand what Reed is trying to say, but I wouldn't be that, yeah, um, be that brazen about it. But the Chief Titans is a big game of the weekend, of course, especially coming um, with the Titans coming off of that victory. Um, but I'm also kind of looking at the Bengals and Ravens because the Ravens, as, as we've said earlier in this in this episode, like they've been up and down, so they just shellacked the Chargers, as you said, Ken. Right? Mm -hmm. But I want to see if they can keep that up this week again, because the Bengals have actually been playing really good football this season. You know? They have. So I want to see what they do on. And and, and another article I had to write, I, I basically was out, um, alluding to how Joe Joe Burrow went toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. Mind you, he doesn't have the same type of way. He doesn't have a Devontae Adams, who's arguably the best receiver in the league. His, his boy is Jamar Chase, a rookie, but he still was able to put up close to 300 yards in that game and, and get them within, within into overtime and within one possession, uh, you know? So I want to see what they do against this Ravens team. Um, really, I actually kind of agree with you with regards to the, the Lions Rams, but I... <laughs> I won't just watch the beginning and the end, but I'll keep a bit more of an eye on this because Jared Goff has been playing some decent quarterback um, football this season. He has. And the Lions have been a, a, a good team up to this point, right? They just, they, just, they just don't have the mojo. They don't have wins. They don't know how to, how to see out games and, and get wins. But I feel like there's an extra impetus that's in this game, especially for Goff. And for his teammates to help him to get to, to, to try and eco this win. So I'm actually interested to see to see this game itself, the the, the Lions at the Rams. Yeah. Well, for me, I I think that there actually are a few good games this week. Um I don't I don't think that the, the all of these games are going to be boring as we <laughs> described them. Um I I believe that the Thursday night game is going to be a good one. Um, the Broncos going to the Browns. Um, the Broncos, they're struggling right now, but they're trying their best to rebound after dropping three straight after starting the season 3-0. and So they now have to put in some work in the Browns. As we mentioned of the Browns, they have their injury was So that's something that is going to be worth paying attention to. I'm not going, I'm <clears throat> saying it now, I'm not going to be watching that game because that game seems, it actually falls on the same night as my wife's birthday. So I have other priorities. I will That's not. That's a good excuse. That's a, good excuse. It's a very good excuse. That's an understandable excuse. excuse. Yeah. yeah. I will not be watching Horrible that game, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reed is a man home team. Am I going to watch your home team? I, I, he, he, he watches the home team. No, generally, no. generally, 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 yes, generally. generally. No, 
I did also have the Bengals and the Ravens as one of my tastiest matchups of the week. AJ, you spoke on that, so I don't think I need to go through that again. Mm-hmm. I believe the Colts and the 49ers are actually, is actually going to be a pretty good game, especially mm-hmm. if we have Trey Lance starting at quarterback again because Trey Lance is a bit of an unknown prospect. The Colts, they're, they've been up and down, but they're still trying to find their identity. And this last game that they had, they had a lot of great production coming from Jonathan Taylor. So that is something that they will want to keep going forward. And then finally, the last game I had is the Monday night game, which is the Saints and the Seahawks, because my Saints have been Jekyll and Hyde. We are not sure which Saints team shows up from week to week. And then the Seahawks, they are playing with their backup quarterback. And their um, defense has not been very strong. So it could be an exciting game to see how it goes. There will be lots of fantasy implications, of course. So I am, those, those are the games that I have picked for week seven. Now, gents, I do believe that that is a great landing spot for us to wrap up today's show. Now, Reed, we, I have enjoyed having you here, especially the shots that you took at the Patriots. I definitely enjoyed that. I'm sure that my co-host may feel um, slightly I have, different. I have mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings. <laughs> I, I, I know why you have mixed feelings, you know. I, I put and a thumb on you in fantasy as well, so. <laughs> you, you should really feel bad, you know. I, I really, yeah, I soften I, you up. You know what? <laughs> I can't even say anything. We, we'll see. We'll see again. We'll see again. Yeah, but that, I've, this was fun. I definitely enjoyed this episode this week. So, Reed, really, thank you very much for coming. No I'm, problem. I am sure we will have you back again sure man put it just put in a word for the mvp right put in a word for cam you know he's <laughs> looking for a job in the word yeah we we'll, especially if he does get a call we will definitely call you back <laughs> no folks that is it for another edition of the green bridge podcast as always that is aj he is the green I'm ken i am the bridge we will see you next time